Hello and welcome back to Young, Fun and Dyslexic. (laughs) This is the podcast where I basically want to just express that there isn't a certain path you have to take in life. No matter what you do, where you come from, what you fail or what you succeed in, that everyone has a different journey. And I want to have this space as an area where people can talk, be open and honest and just express all their different stories and feelings about what life is really like. And also have a bit of a giggle, a bit of fun. And yeah, just I want it to be inspirational and also a nice, safe opportunity for people to think, you know what, it's okay to not be okay. None of us know what we're doing. Exactly. So speaking of none of us know what we're doing, (laughs) on today's episode, I have the lovely Martha Logie. Hey, Martha, how you doing? I'm good. This is so weird. It's really, like, professional. Professional. Yeah, it's very yeah. professional. Do you feel like you're on a proper podcast? I do. You have a good voice for podcasts. Thank well. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's like when you people say, like, oh, you have a face for radio. It's like, yeah, thanks, and bus is great. <laughs> <laughs> no, can't waste it. you got to film it. Can't waste exactly. it. Exactly. you got to film it. You never know. Um, so, obviously, thank you so much for coming on my pod today. Yeah. It was very last minute. I feel like I forced you as well. Not forced, but... Coerced. <laughs> into coming on. But I would love for you to give the listeners a bit of background about you, because obviously some people might not know who you are, what you do. No. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I feel like... Give a bit more information. Spice it up a bit. Go on. The listeners might not know who you are. They won't. I don't <laughs> know. Some of my listeners will. Yeah. Any Trojans out there? Hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe some of them listen. I don't know. Well, go on, introduce yourself. So, I mean, we've known each other forever. Well, yeah, we're not talking about me, we're talking about you here. Just me. Yeah. God, sorry. (laughs) Some guidance. (laughs) Fine. Um, Currently, 23, live in London. I'm currently in between jobs. (laughs) (laughs) My last job was at a lingerie brand called Dora Larson. Woo! We love a thong. We love a thong. Love a thong. no, they really catered to Bath, so I was technically made redundant, which was mm. an... Yeah, who hasn't... Who's been made redundant since COVID? That, I feel like that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, maybe you're the only one. <laughs> I'm joking, it this probably has, it probably has. me. No, the whole team left. But, um, yeah, so I was doing marketing and graphics for them for about just shy of a year and a half. Before then, I've worked in, like, other brands like Rixo, Serge Janine, um, Iris Fashion. We love a bit of Rick's Love a bit of Rick's but They've got a massive recently. They're like I know. Have you seen the big one on the King's Road? Oh, my days. That shop yeah. looks nice. Kind of want to move in. <laughs> move into the shop because the furniture is so nice. Yeah, I was like, great nap spots. I'm better be fine. <laughs> Don't need clothes. It's all there. Exactly. Sorted. Yeah. So Martha's just basically a really good friend of mine as well. Just put into perspective, our parents, our mums, both actually met when they were younger. Went to school. T- was it school? Or they worked together? School. School. Or was it work? I can't really remember. It might have been work. It know. might have been work. Well, they met in Bahrain, didn't they? Yeah, so that would be school. Yeah, school, school. So they met at school in Bahrain. Very bizarre, very fun. And then we just decided to bond, you, me and you, because of our parents. And I love that. No, the other siblings didn't get the memo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our other siblings haven't really connected. Yeah, but I guess because no, we're like have, more similar have. age compared to your, your siblings and my siblings. I think mentally we're like very similar. We're just probably the exact same person. <laughs> Different flavours are crazy. Exactly. Um, so obviously yeah. I wanted you to come on the pod today because we've discussed in the past and you've been through thick and thin. 
<laughs> um, to sound very cringy and corny, but also I feel like you're quite an inspirational person. Well, to me you are, mm. because you've gone through a lot and I just thought it'd be quite nice to have you on here to speak about what happened in the past, your quarrels, and how you kind of overcame it all. Mm. And now that you're flourishing 23-year-old living a best life. 24. Three. Shit, 23, yeah, I was right. We're really close. <laughs> Obviously, if you don't mind talking about it uh-huh. on the pod, can you kind of discuss what happened after you left school for you? Yeah, so when so when I was at school, I was really into graphic design, loved it, knew I wanted to study it. Got a few offers to different places, but landed on going to Brighton because that was what my mentor, that's the one she did. And I just loved her like experiences that she always spoke about. So I went to Brighton without a gap year, straight after school. And I I lasted like three months. So, <laughs> and that's like a push. I spent a lot of time back in London. Um, basically like an upper sixth, I was like, building getting like progressively more anxious and i've never been a socially anxious person yeah like, it's just not in my like nature and like social events were starting to freak me out like exams i was having quite a lot of panic attacks like things i'd never really experienced before um and it all kind of like i thought like once i finished sixth form i'd be like okay cool fine and i went did like interning with friends i worked at the edinburgh fringe festival for a month so i had like quite a full summer which was really good but i was anxious the whole time and then i think it all just peaked when i got to uni um it all kind of spiraled from there Yeah, I think I just kind of got to that point where I was just, like, so peak level of just, like, on edge and just, like, a bundle of just, like, nerves that were just, like, ready to, like, freak out at any time. So I was, like, having panic attacks, like, running out of, like, lectures and stuff. Like, it just wasn't wasn't fun. (laughs) That's really sad. (laughs) I love how you laugh and I'm like, that's really emotional. No, it was ages ago, though. At the time, yeah. But yeah. It was fine though. Like I didn't. I don't look at it weirdly. In a bad light. It wasn't the worst bit of like. It was when I got back from uni. Was when I was really bad. Yeah. Like it was. I think the very end was when it was bad. But the people I lived with, like I lived in. I wasn't in halls. I was in a house, which was for first year. Mm. Why? Just didn't get halls. That's so so bizarre. So I was in a student house with six six of us. No, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like that. It was. Thing is, I think. I needed that at the time because I think halls would have been really overwhelming. Yeah. But for anyone, like, starting uni, if you didn't like the people in your course and you didn't like the people you were living with, you'd be really, like, you'd really have to actively make friends. Whereas the girls I was living with were absolutely lovely. Like, I've kept in touch with one girl especially. So, yeah, I was, like, having panic attacks and stuff, coming back a lot of the weekends on the train. And then eventually, like, around November time... You were like, fuck this shit, I'm going to leave. Yeah, so I left. Dropped out... Which was fine. It was a really weird process. Like, the uni wasn't bad about it. Like, they... I had, like, one face-to-face meeting with someone. Yeah. And they were like, how can we support you? But then I was kind of at that point where I was like, calm. Yeah, (laughs) you've done nothing for me now. (laughs) No, but, like, it's like... I don't have any sort of, like, problem with the uni having handled it because I wasn't at the point where I was... I didn't want to help myself. I didn't want to be there. I was like... Also, to be fair, I didn't just leave... Like, at the time, the reason why I left was because I wasn't coping. But... Looking, like, as soon as I dropped out, I knew I wasn't going to go back to uni for any degree or art school. Which was a bit of, like, that was the bit that kind of freaked me out the most. Yeah. Because school, like, what, like, what am I going to do then? Yeah, especially because the secondary school, like, the sixth one I went to and stuff, they were very much, like, you go to uni and you get a degree and then you get yeah. a job. And, like, they barely even really spoke about, like, art, like, art foundations. Like, they kind of were like, yeah, you could do an art foundation, but then you get a degree, like... Um, 100% and I feel like <clears throat> sorry my throats are really croaky 
am just getting the frog out of my throat. Um, <laughs> why, why, I don't even know why it's called that. Like, why I'd have a frog in my... Because I, I get... That was such a good frog impression. It was the fact you could just see your brain go, oh my God, it sounds like a frog. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm, go- I'm going off track. But um, I feel like obviously you went to Brighton Uni and it wasn't the place for you and you weren't feeling it and everything. How did you kind of then after... So you went in September and you dropped out in November, did you say? Yeah. What kind of happened after that, after you dropped out? You came home and just chilled. I fully hermited for, like, quite a long time. Yeah. I started a new birth control in the September. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that would have contributed because oh. my hormones would have been all over the place as well. That probably did, you know. I don't blame it, though. I'm still on the same one now. <laughs> <laughs> If it is that, then like... Screw that contraception pill. <laughs> you <Yeah>, Sella. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... <laughs> but that could have heightened it maybe because when you... I think I just had a lot yeah. of things going on and then I threw that into the mix mm-hmm. so my hormones were also a bit, like, out of whack. But, um, no, I dropped out of uni and then I had spoken to a psychologist who was, like, a family friend's wife who, like, she worked... She did, it was weird. She did stuff in school for good old Latima. Oh, um, cool. And she was, like, the in-house stuff and then she did private um, so I'd spoken to her a few times in the summer leading up to like kind of like workshopping things like coping mechanisms more so that yeah. like it's not like I've never done therapy the whole like let's talk about your trauma like mm-hmm. I've never done anything like that and for me it doesn't really appeal to me like I really don't want to talk, like I'm an open book and that sort of circumstance I actually don't really think that's helpful for me like I'm a bit more, bit more pragmatic so that's when I think a psychologist is really good especially for people who are skeptical of like therapy I think psychologists are the best way to go because it's much more pragmatic. Like, obviously, you're teary. Like, I cried, like, in my first session. She was talking about confidentiality and I started sobbing. <laughs> she literally... She was literally just going, like, anything you say here that is kept between us. And I literally was and you just nodding, crying. sobbing. Oh, Because you're just, like... I've literally felt, like, a complete exposed yeah. nerve. Like, I was so, like, overwhelmed. Um, but also then, it's so kind of, like, you've got this one person that you can speak to... And they're not going to tell anyone else. Like, it must feel quite comforting in a way, would you say? Yeah, I think especially because, like, you're not going to say anything that scares them. Yeah, because they've heard it all. All that. But also, like, anything you say that, like, has been freaking you out. Because I think people forget, like, anxiety's got loads of really physical symptoms. Yeah. Um, and that's the stuff that I found the most irritating and, like, debilitating. Like, oh, I lost quite a lot of weight. And it wasn't to do with, like, I've never had anything to do with eating disorders or anything. But... That was always the like, I remember it was always coming up because I had come into a new session mm. and she'd be like, You've lost weight. And I'd be like, Because when I'm oh, anxious, I'm like knotted. And yeah. it, like, it hurt. Like, like when I, like, it just doesn't sit. That was the sort of stuff I think, I think a psychologist is really helpful because it's all about the more physical, like scientific side of things. Not to say that like therapy is not good because it definitely is. I just think for me, I think yeah. therapy would have, I think I would have been more overwhelmed because I would have been like, I don't know what I'm feeling. Don't ask yeah. me that. Like, whereas in that point, it was like, Okay. This is why you're feeling that way, like talking about like flight and fight response, doing some like sort of tool building and stuff. Anyways, so I had a few of these random sessions before I went to uni and then I did them weekly when I left. Yeah. And I also started antidepressants as well and beta blockers, which are like... Is that the same thing? No. No. So antidepressants are like... Is that like retinol? Retinol? Retinol's a good skincare. Oh. <laughs> Ritalin is good for ADHD. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I love a good retinol financer. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of the name. Um, the one that um, loads of people take. Retinol. Ret- for antidepressants. No. 
That's ADHD. Oh, never mind. That's for concentration. Oh, okay. So Silly antidepressants me. can be anything like... Most people, the first one you get put on is sertraline. Pretty much everyone yeah. gets put on it, all ages, all demographics. Prozac. That's the American word for okay, sorry. fluoxetine. Okay. And that's what I'm on now. Okay. Because when I first started, people asked me a lot, like, what was your decision to, like, go on antidepressants? At that point, I wasn't coping. So it was, like, very much, like, I was never worried about taking medication. I don't know, it never really freaked me out, which is weird considering I was anxious. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people would be, like... I'm so on edge, like, fuck putting anything else in the system. Where I was, I was like, I'm a mess, I need help. So <laughs> Give me was, the drugs now. I was like, if it's going to help. Um, what was it like, um, obviously, taking antidepressants and beta blockers, as you called that? Is that what they're yeah, probably so, called? No, so beta blockers are different. They're, uh, the only reason why I... I think you can get given them for different reasons, mm-hmm. but fundamentally it's panic attacks yeah. and anxiety more so than depression. So I was incredibly depressed, but... but it was fed into by the fact I was cripplingly anxious. Like, yeah. leaving the house, any sort of thing was freaking me so out. So your anxiety started your depression, yeah. would you say? Yeah. It's like, also, I remember, like, it's sort of like enough for sick film. I was going for, like, acne as well to the doctor. And they were oh, like, no. and this woman, really, like, point blank, goes to me, I don't know one person who's got severe acne and isn't a bit depressed. <laughs> the woman, the doctor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the thing that got me about it was the fact that I was like, I never said I was severely depressed. This is before all of that, by the before way. Before it all so happened. I was like, excuse me. She was like future. planting it in your head. Yeah, like, ironically, you were my gonna skin be was like fine when I was but I was not doing very well. <laughs> no, but um, you were saying, so you were taking, after you dropped out, you were taking this medication yeah, to so help first, you so and I've, see a sociologist as well. Sociologist, oh, psychologist. <laughs> Semiologists. Um, this is why I'm so dyslexic. I can't even fact, say I don't the know word. Differences, but like, I sociologists. Don't know what sociologists do because sociology is like the study of like yeah. society. And yours was a psychologist. Psychologist. The brain. Or the brain. The brain. <laughs> the brain juices. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't mean to go like that. <laughs> sorry. Carry on. <laughs> no. So I first did. I first was on sertraline. I can't remember what dosage. It was the standard. I think it was like 50 mg or something. Um, whoa, whoa crazy crazy girl um it fucked up my vision i got really dizzy on oh. it so i had like because obviously everything there's like loads of side effects but basically because i was super anxious i was already like reluctant to like go out and do stuff yeah and then i remember i'd be walking and i'd be like i literally like i was like i'm really fucking dizzy my mum would just be like fucking walk martha <laughs> <laughs> like, i can't <laughs> i can't see i'm going blind no, i wasn't blind it was just like what my every time i was looking up long distance i was getting really dizzy and I've pegged it down to that because when I switched, mm. I felt fine. So trial you tested, error, yeah, trial which and error. Actually, to be fair, I actually don't know many people who've gone on different types of antidepressants really? unless they've gone, unless they have more specific mental health issues, whether it's like bipolar or like personality disorders yeah. or whatever. Completely. But, so you kind of tested out and tried it all. And then would you say from when you were really, really low, how long did it take for you to get on the mend? Like what was, do you remember that day when you were like, you know what, I'm going to mend myself now. To be honest, it, there wasn't, like, a turning point where I was like, cool, I feel fine now. I think it was, like, a contribution of loads of things and, honestly, time. Yeah. Like, everything. As long as you're not wallowing in it. Like, I definitely wallowed for a bit. I needed to do that. But then, like, when you're starting to do things to improve, you just naturally, without trying, mm. like, things do just get a bit better. I got a part-time job in a shop. That really Oliver helped. Bonus. Hashtag slay. <laughs> um, great great stuff and 10 pounds now it's great great value (laughs) but also i feel like that's so incredible that you were so low but then you managed to get a 
a daytime just like job of working in a shop it was good routine to be yeah. fair i actually don't oh i know why i did it because initially i was like, i don't know why i went because like most people like you think oh they get a pub job was like yeah. kind of like stand when you like if you're leaving uni or but, in between uni but when you're a bit like yeah, anxious you probably didn't want to be serving people yeah. every day you know no you wanted to serve the yummy mummies who might be nicer to you. Exactly, the yummy mummies who would potentially give you a tip and all of a bonus. Oh my god, no, there was no tipping. It was just a bit more friendly. That oh, thanks, love. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, but they were, uh, my sister's friend. This is why I did it. My sister's friend, who was quite anxiety prone, I think. I don't really know the details. She was working all of a bonus, and she always raved about there working there. Uh, and nice. then they had a job opening in my local, so it was yeah. like okay, cool. So I worked there like on and off like two years. I remember because I came in. I, I would walk in when Me and I was. Molly both worked in the same shopping centre yeah. for a little bit. When I was working as a barista, I would walk in and be like, "Hey, girl, I'm on my break," <laughs> and you'd just be like, "This is so boring." <laughs> no, literally, no, because I really like weekend shifts. You didn't really work weekends as much, did you? You were more. No, busy. unless I worked on a Sunday and I actually wanted to like die, die because <laughs> working on a Sunday was just so like sad. You you worked on your own. It's yeah, boring. I was on my own as a barista. That's just so peak. Let's get back to it. So. <laughs> Oh, so getting better. Yes. I started working at a shop. I knew I always wanted to work in fashion, was kind of the, the industry that appealed to me the most. I basically was a professional intern for about a year and a bit. Professional intern? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you don't get paid and you get to do everything. You're no. everyone's little dog. No, not like anyone who's like in not going down the uni path, I feel like you kind of have to accept that you're gonna have to be unpaid at some point. Oh yeah, like, 100%. Well, because I was working seven days a week for a lot of, like a long period of time. 15 quid a day or something so it's not bad you're not out of pocket yeah. but like you're not earning any money and then and then I was working in Oliver Bonus on the weekends both days so I was working seven days a week for quite a bit well you know what that's quite impressive how you had some issues not issues you had some mental things going on and you were able to work and do you know what I mean step out your comfort zone I think that's yeah. really kind of impressive and cool that you're able to do that I think it's because I did the shop for a bit and then the shop became second nature. So yeah. it was literally like when I was there, I didn't have to use my brain at all. And yeah. then like during the week was when I was more stressed because I was like, obviously when you're an intern, you're trying to like make a good impression, actually mm-hmm. trying to learn stuff. And also you don't know anything. So you're actually having to use your head quite a lot because you're like, how the fuck do I do that? <laughs> but to be fair, saying that, I, my sort of first unpaid work was with Serge Janine, the men's jeweller. And that's owned by Proudlock. It's Ollie Proudlock. He's so fair. Just if you're listening, <laughs> Ollie Proudlock. Hot a. You are no, sexy so and I love your jewellery. About a month in they offered employment. Mm-hmm. But that was in March 2020. So guess what oh. came a few weeks later? Redundant. No, to be fair, I fired. <laughs> no, I wasn't fired. I basically, they offered me a full-time role to be doing graphics there. And I had to withdraw it because of COVID. And I would have been the fifth team member. And it was just too much of a gamble for them. Yeah. So I was doing freelance for them. For, fair. Which was, to be fair, it was like really ideal. Like, because lockdown was such a weird time. Mm. Well, there is kind of one thing that I want to ask you. If you want to answer it, you don't need to. You can say NA, <laughs> non applicable. <laughs> That's what I do when like when I apply for like jobs. <laughs> I'm like NA, non applicable. Sorry, no. Is I sorry, I have nothing to comment on. But um, obviously, going through everything you've been through with anxiety, depression, and all your emotions, how was it with your family? Did you were you able to speak to them about it or did you feel kind of more reserved that you couldn't talk about mm. it or 
just for like the listeners to hear because some people out there who I know can't really speak to their parents because they don't have a close relationship or they don't really want to speak about it were you able to speak about your things that were going on with you or d- did you keep it in really no I did speak about it I think to be honest I <laughs> by the point like where I was at I was really numb like I was really mm. indifferent like I was exhausted anxious just like it's the lack of life like when you're just really just like I don't care <laughs> really sad no I know but that's just like it though. like you can just get yourself into those positions where you're just I not happy but so whenever I spoke to my I was quite there were some things like I would like talking to my mom and then sometimes I'd like say something and I'd see her reaction and I'm like I probably shouldn't say that yeah <laughs> because your parents never want to see you unhappy. But it was fine to be honest. Like, my sisters, I didn't really talk to about it. More because, like, to be honest, I didn't feel like I had anything to talk about. It wasn't yeah. like there was something specific that set me off. It was just in your mind. I just wasn't happy and I was yeah. cripplingly anxious. It was just kind of like, that was the takeaway. Like, I had definitely lost, like, enthusiasm and, like, motivation to, like... Do anything. Do anything. And then... Because everything that I want... Like, anything people were like, oh, that'd be nice, let's go do this. Do you want to come for lunch with... Like eating stressed me out because when I was anxious it'd be really hard to eat yeah. and then every time you're around like families and friends they're like "Ooh, young girl she must have an ED and I'm like oh god like that could be the case but also like people always ask they're like come on you eat up and you're like fuck uh, off yeah no it's so, when like, people like try to get involved and they don't know the full story yeah also yeah it's just not your place anyways yeah. no my parents were always like my mum especially was always like all the time like she was shout out to Susie you're a great mum she is a great mum. If you're listening, and I hope you are, because I told you I was making a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> she probably wouldn't even listen to this episode, so it's fine. <laughs> she'll probably get too emotional. She'll probably I think, think she'd get emotional. I think she'd just be like, oh. But um, <laughs> now we've finished with all the sad bits. Mm. You are thriving now, would you say? Unemployment. But she, Martha's no, unemployed, okay. but you know what? That's because you were made redundant because your company was moving. That's not because you were really bad at your job. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no. Not to, like, yeah. not to cheat my flute, but I was pretty good at my job. <laughs> you are pretty good. I've seen what you do, and it's incredible. No, so I also feel like this is so fun and exciting that you've come from such a low, low place. And I remember when I saw you when you were really bad mm. and you were talk, opening up to me, and I think I just burst into tears. I don't even mm. remember. I just completely just cried because I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I was like, why you? I was like, why? No, why is this happening it. to you? I remember. And it's like really emotional. But then I'm so happy now that you're just doing so much better. Yeah. You're thriving. You've had jobs here, there, everywhere. You're going out. You're going on dates. You're, you're coming. You, we went away together. Like we're just living our best life. Yeah. No. I think to be fair, I think since like 2021, like mid 2021, yeah, was when like things were like pretty much like. Good. I would love to know how kind of um, these past experiences for you Mm. that you've gone through, how have they kind of shaped your perspective on life and work and success and kind of your personal growth from what you've experienced? I think I'm just a lot more compassionate than I probably would have been. Like when people, whether it's something like a formal diagnosis of something or whether like people, because I think... Some people take, like, mental health as, like, proper, like, labels. They're like, mm-hmm. I have anxiety, I have depression, and it's, like, stamped on them permanently. Whereas I was like, I think it's pretty come and go. Like, I yeah. think it's, like, situational, depends what's going on in your life. Like, just depends where you're at. Like, I would say, like, I'm... I would never... <laughs> ironically, I wouldn't describe myself as an anxious person. No. Which is, that's why it's so funny yeah. that I was, like, cripplingly anxious and, like, I'm literally on medication for anxiety and depression. 
And why is it so funny? Because <laughs> it's literally so like, it be, it's so funny. I think when you're on like the, the back end of it, like I'm on antidepressants now, they're non-addictive. Nothing in me wants to come off them because... They're just making they're just you there. ride. They're like yeah. just going with the motions. They don't stop. Yeah. Like they literally like, it's not like you can't drink on them. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I already take the pill. It's just another pill I take every day. Like yeah. it just isn't a thing for me. Your whole perspective on everything now change from what you've experienced. Would you I say? I think my priorities in life are pretty like different. Like yeah. I'm not money driven. I never really have been to be fair. Yeah. Like I'm materialistic in the sense I like stuff, but I don't. <laughs> that sounds really. Like I don't care about things. Yeah. But I'm quite a, like. I think that's like the closest I'd say to being like money driven is the fact I yeah. like things like I really like it's not so stupid but like I really want to buy some new bedding because there's just some but really nice bedding fair out enough. there you know what I mean I'm just I yeah. like things but some people just aren't bothered like at all they don't like clothes they're not bothered they just want to like yeah. live but I'm like so fair it's a much better way to be probably but I think when people get older because money becomes such a big thing because it enables you to do things and build the life you want like if you're on a shit salary you can't really save for that for that dream property you want mm. or go on those trips that you want to take with your like significant other or friends or like those memories you want to make like, even just going out to the fucking pub like it costs so much these days it does it costs so much Literally, every time I go out I'm fully expected to spend 50 quid and I'm like that's so not oh I probably spend more no like, no that's like that, that, it's that's so like bad just going to the pub like it's just not anyways but would you kind of take things now like would you take would you be more ballsy now with things because you've gone through the experiences you've gone through would you say yeah, I need to be... I'm very, like, do what makes you happy. Like, not in, like... I feel like everyone, fundamentally, you have to be a bit selfish. To, like, mm-hmm. And, like, you are self-geared because anytime you talk to someone or, like, when you're trying to relate to someone, the second, the first thing you'll do, or most people do... Talk about yourself. ...is they bring up their experience of something similar. It's how we relate to another, one another. But when you've been through things, you do tend to get a bit more self-protective. So, mm-hmm. like, if something... I don't know, say if someone upsets you, you might be a bit, like, sceptical of that friendship for a bit, or... To be fair, I actually did think when you're not well, it's very eye-opening for friends. I can imagine, because who was there when you were bad? Literally, because especially because I wasn't leaving the house, they just had to come to me. I <laughs> like, know. Like, which, which friends would track and which friends would... Mm, also, such a trek for me. <laughs> 15 minutes. I'm walk. joking. <laughs> no, but, like, it is, though. It's very telling. Yeah. like, also, like, I wasn't even that much down for like company but even like just dropping that text well if you're listening and you didn't drop martha a text when she was bad you need to get in the bin i mean they did oh you're already in the bin you're already in the bin <laughs> you're already in the bin and you're not coming out of the trash <laughs> you're staying in no, there you're not being just... recycled ew because i tried to make a joke yeah. like recycling bin <laughs> did not land i'm afraid i get i got the, i got what you were saying there. and i've got one more final question for you oh yeah um if you could just sum it up in a sentence or two sentences what would be some advice for people who are struggling with anxiety depression and they're at uni and they don't know what to do or for anyone who's just struggling with mm-hmm. mental health what would be some advice or kind of tips or anything well, you would say i'd say for the uni people I actually am not one of those people who massively advocates dropping out. Like, I don't think it is for everyone. Like, I had a lot of people, especially once I dropped out from where I knew from school, would, like, come back from uni holidays and they'd be like, I fucking hate it! And they'd kind of expect me to be like, drop out then. Whereas I was like, no, like, if you want to drop out, totally going to be... You're going to be fine. But only drop out if you think... One, you might just want a year out just to take time mm-hmm. and recoup. Or if you're willing to... If you want to leave, after you've gotten better, you have to, like, be willing to work stuff doesn't come to you you have to put the graft in so i think if you are thinking about dropping out just like consider what you actually want 
but like obviously if you're at peak anxiety and stuff like just do what's best for you take the time like most unis are super understanding as well you can just take time out and be fine like I don't know one uni that's really shit about it even like especially actually the more like competitive ones like Oxbridge and Durham and shit they're so used to like cracking people that like people take years out all the time so I say like take your time with those sort of decisions people who are just overwhelmed and like needing help I think the best thing that you could be for you is to talk to people like I agree in that sense literally just talk to anyone friends family professional if you want I'm always going to be an advocate for like antidepressants I think they're really helpful I don't think they're happy pills they don't sort you out I see them as like they take you back to normal so then you have the like, mm-hmm. ability to be happy yeah. again I don't see them like they're not something you take you don't feel them you don't feel them and just suddenly feel better like it just neutralizes you and if you're putting the work in and other aspects of your life you have a good time but it's not something that you're just taking it and then you'll feel fine and nothing else changes yeah so the thing that actually helped like I think medication got me to the point where I was actually a lot more communicative with the people in my life and engaging with like my psychologist a lot more getting the motivation again to like try life again basically so yeah just talk to people Found like that's what's going to make you feel better talking to people and also if you don't have people to talk to then assess what parts in your life you can interact with more people whether that's getting a job like look at your what your day-to-day routine is if you're spending a lot of time at home look into a part-time job that involves yeah. people hospitality is great you meet people you won't necessarily like there'll be some people Sorry. you really relate to and there'll be some people that you just meet but like that is i think just getting yourself in environments that push you to be around people is what helps well that's really i keep my bloody notepad keeps falling off my lap sorry that was really inspiring thank you <laughs> you honestly i really appreciate you coming onto the pod today thanks i, I feel really i've talked about but i hope it was helpful no you know what it's going to be helpful for people who listen because i feel like sometimes there's loads of people out there that don't really talk about mental health and anxieties and things and I kind of want it to be something people should talk about and your story I do find inspiring and incredible because you're doing so much better now and it's so nice for me to see and all your friends see and family that you're flourishing like a little butterfly butterfly I was an ugly little caterpillar for a bit exactly <laughs> but ugly little caterpillars always flourish yeah, what's that um Miley Cyrus song butterfly caterpillar in the tree how you wonder who you'll be yeah so honestly I do really appreciate it and thank you for coming on and opening your heart out to all my listeners out there whoever you are how <laughs> many you are <laughs> hopefully it'll be more this time <laughs> literally i'm trying to entice more people to come listen but yes thank you Marth, so much for coming on and i hope you enjoyed it as well yeah it was a giggle talking about everything i like i like the i like the the head i was gonna say helmet oh i'm not wearing a helmet right if you (laughs) need to cut that short if you want to like and give me five stars on spotify i would really appreciate that i'm also on apple apple podcast right now and i will be posting more and more stuff will be coming so keep your eyes out don't miss it your eyes and your ears baby exactly bye bye